my money, 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 my money. You better not be out there spending all my money. You said you're going to Macy's, but with my money. You shouldn't be going anywhere. You owe me money. The bitch knew that I'd be back. She knew that I want my money. Yeah. <laughs> Did you all enjoy that? <laughs> that was from my home girl, my home skillet, uh, Dominique Devereaux Regalia with her hit single, My Money. I.E. me, if you're wondering. Um, I just wanted to welcome you all to the very first official episode of Off Key with Jay Red. I know, right? It's exciting. Um, this particular episode, I wanted to talk about family. Specifically, the family experience growing up as a black gay male. Um, I found it real interesting just from my experiences and everything that I learned about just humanity. Uh, I come from a family that is uh, faith-based and we relatively were more close-knit than the average family. Like I, growing up, I could really much look to my cousins as you know, closer than cousins. They were almost like siblings to me, like extended siblings. Um, we would spend so much time together. We would spend the night each other at each other's houses. We were just very close, you know. And um, it wasn't my extended family didn't feel very extended. It felt very primary to me. I felt like not only did I have my mother, my father, and my immediate siblings also had uh, aunts and uncles that were like you know additional parents so I was very very close and attached to my family and I think growing up being an 80s baby and growing up in the 90s as young children we were exposed to a lot of sex on TV if I can be very frank I think that um, the movies back then, it almost feels like the 90s was a more of a woke decade or more of a free decade than it is now. And I think that we're so much more sensitive about things now than we used to be. Um, I think that we can make a dark joke. We can expose a titty and it wouldn't be that big of a deal back in the 90s versus now. It has to be all this context that has to be reviewed before you put something on TV, which I think has its positives, but I think some negatives too, because I just feel like the truth has been lost just about people's feelings about things because we're so focused on being politically correct, but that's a whole different topic. Anyway, so I am a child of divorce. My parents divorced when I was young. I would, if I was to guess the age I was probably around any, anywhere between maybe five or seven. I think they were even separated even when I was even younger. So my reality is, is I've always known my parents to be separated. You know, I didn't really see um, 
I didn't really, I don't really have recollections of my parents being together outside of just seeing pictures. And it was volatile for a lot of that demise of that relationship. You know, my, my, both my parents are pretty sensitive, both my mother and my father. So I was doomed in that regard. Um, of course, I've gotten different versions of this as to why they were separated, but I won't even divulge into that because I feel like only they can really tell their stories. I, I was given secondhand knowledge about it, but I know that for an extent of my childhood, my father, unlike in a lot of instances, my father was my primary parent. And um, for the most part, I guess you can say that he did the best that he could. I, but I think he was the kind of man that, you know, as long as the bills were paid, that was the biggest thing. You know, as far as like our emotional development, I think because he was so arrested in his own rights, as far as like emotionally, psychologically, if that's even a word, psychologically, uh, um, uh, mentally, um, you know, like my, don't get me wrong. My dad is a very intelligent person, but I think that um, this definitely has been revealed to me that a lot of um, the development as far as interpersonal relationships, uh, conflict resolution, diplomacy, he's just not, it's not his strength. If I can just be frank. So with that being said, I just feel like me and my older sister was kind of left in a, in the wilderness in that regard. My dad did get married, um, remarried um, to a woman who I would say was not a perfect woman by any means. But um, later down the line, um, I am very grateful to her. Uh, to have stepped in, into a situation where it just wasn't always comfortable. Luckily, I was a male because I think that female energy with her and my my older sister, it wasn't always kosher. And I think that it's, that's a female thing, I think, you know, because I know women energy is just different, especially when you're dealing with a stepmother and a stepdaughter. It can be very volatile. It can be volatile just with step parents in general, but Especially amongst women, I can only imagine what that dynamic is like. But anyway, moving forward. Um, yeah, my mom and dad didn't always get along. And then when my mother did uh, re-enter our lives, that was also an adjustment too. So I, there was a lot of pivotal years in my youth that I feel like I didn't really have a strong sense of self. I was always smart in school. That's all I knew about myself is I was smart. I knew that I was kind of different because of the, I think the typical boy things that typical boys gravitate to like sports, um, girls. I just, it just wasn't really for me. I was more so like into art. I was into writing. I was into music. Whitney became my icon when I was very, very young. She just reminded me of someone that I knew. She reminded me a lot of my aunt. 
even though it, as an adult they were I realized they were two different kind of piece, people but I guess that grace that she exuded just reminded me so much of the women in my family so that was right there just being a a Whitney fanatic I should have known that I was a little sissy but anyway <laughs> moving right along um, so I think that kind of shaped who I was as far as not really having anyone there to kind of direct me now mind you I had extended family members my aunt she was very pivotal during that time where my parents weren't really on the same page she was very pivotal pivotal as far as like securing me and my sister during that time she brought security to us but of course for any child they want their mama and their daddy especially that mama we want our parents we need to be grounded under our parents so I think with that in the midst I just felt like I didn't really have the strongest foundation but I was secured as a kid. I was safe as a kid. And I think that's the biggest thing. So moving right along when I, when it comes down to coming out, I think I was kind of forced out. I got, I got sick. I think with strep throat when I was in high school, I think I was a junior in high school. I I had strep throat. Now, mind you leading up to this, I had a few run-ins, you know, with boys and to be very transparent, it started with a family member. I wouldn't classify it as rape. I would not classify it as rape. I would classify it as curiosity. Again, when your kids growing up in a very sexualized culture, and it no blame to my parents, but we were we weren't really restricted too much about what we could watch a lot of the movies that a lot of the cult black movies that came out during the 90s it did have a strong sexual element to it so as children especially becoming preteens you know you become very curious about what sex is especially when you start feeling new sensations so considering that you know um i had experience with a family member and then i moved on to um, like in boys, I had uh, my first little experience with uh, with a guy that I met, I believe online. I don't even know if BGC was out at that time. I forget on what platform we met. Black Planet. But we met, and you know, I guess we called ourselves kind of together. You know, I would sneak and be on the phone late nights trying to talk to boys and connect because I didn't really have anybody to really connect with. I was such an outsider. I was so different. You know, I didn't I couldn't really find anyone to really connect with. So I guess within this community I found some commonality and I felt some kind of sense of belonging. I think that's the reason why I ran towards that. So when I first had my first official boyfriend, I was in high school, he was in college, and I kind of was outed because it was still a secret. I haven't told anybody. But when I got ill, like with strep throat, my dad had went through my room and he had found a letter that my college boyfriend had wrote me as he was leaving town for the summer. And that's pretty much how I got outed. My dad, I guess you can say he staged an intervention. My stepmother had passed away at that time. I knew that I had an advocate in her. 
she never knew exactly that I was gay, but I had a sense that she kind of knew because we had developed a, a kinship when she became sick with cancer. I think that's what created this closer bond between us. I think it, in in a way it kind of let down her guards as a stepmother, and she just started looking me, looking to me as as a child, as as, as her child specifically. Um, and I looked to her as a mother figure and we became very close. So she was a source that I felt like would have been very good for me as far as advocacy is concerned, because when, when my dad had called my mother, my aunt to come over, it was pretty much hell and brimstone at that point. You know, I was told how wrong I was. I, I had, had created this narrative about it. Where I said that this was a boy that liked me. I didn't really know how to respond to it. Um, I kind of played it off. But, you know, from then on, I think it was aware by my father, my mother, my aunt that, you know, I was kind of wrestling with these feelings. Um, Because they were faith-based and because they were just doing what they have been told and what the Bible says, I didn't really find advocacy in them because I, I, it was just something that I just couldn't understand. So I can't say that I had any strong supporters in my family. I mean, in modern day, I have my sisters, but I wouldn't ne- necessarily say it was something that they advocated for for me. It was something that just kind of accepted because I know with conflict that's going on right now in my family. I don't really sense that they speak up for me or defend me or try to protect me in any kind of way. They accepted me for sure. Um, but advocacy, I feel like it's just so important, you know, for someone, a black male coming out, coming into his own, trying to figure everything out. It's like it's so essential to have that advocate. Now, growing up, I didn't have a lot of references as to what my family felt about homosexuality outside of it being biblically biblically wrong. There wasn't a lot of faggots and oh, he gay and demeaning in that way. I know that one time when I was younger, I had. Um, Worn my uh, jacket around my waist. I had tied it around my waist, and my dad was very concerned about that because he equated the way that I wrapped my jacket around my waist as gay, and he had talked to me about that. And looking back on it, it's just so funny because I just feel like there's so much fear, just like racism. It's so much fear behind the unknown. You know, and I try to give my family grace when it comes to our current conflicts because I understand that a lot of it they just can't really understand. You can only give grace for a lot of people. You can only give grace to things that you understand, and I get that. Not make it taken up for them, but I just have an understanding about it. Fast forward. I just kind of want to get through this. Fast forward to today. My family is not. We're not at the best space. To be very honest, um, for my most of my adulthood, I was never really in relationships. So although 
my family did know about my sexuality, um, there was nothing that was actively discussed because I had, I didn't have a partner, I didn't have a boyfriend to really, you know, put it in their, in their face like that. Recently, over recent years, I was in a relationship, or I am in a relationship, and um, I think that's when hell kind of broke loose in the fact of that now it was in their face. And now I get to hear what they really felt about it. You know, my aunt told me that she was going to jump up from tables if, you know, if I was to invite my partner to family events. You know, my mom used to, she, before she told me that HIV and AIDS were punishments for the lifestyle, you know, and she still says, although she denies saying that, I know her stance right now is that she still feels like it's wrong. She still doesn't really agree with it. She's in a space where now she's trying to tolerate it. And even that toleration of it feels cruel in the sense of you're trying to make room for something instead of just embracing somebody for who they are. And when you try to make room for something, you know, it's a discomfort. It's not it doesn't add to your um, to your uh, I guess convenience and you, I sense that all the time it's always like ugh you know it's always like they have to make room for me and it's not they're not always successful and in a lot of family dynamics a lot of family conflict I'm always told how wrong I am and I, and I always wonder you know when it comes to matters between my siblings or matters with my family where we may not agree am I always deemed so wrong or is it easy to deem me wrong because I'm already a fag. So, of course, you know, this person is just going to be wrong by nature. I find that kind of interesting. And uh, also, my my father's new wife, his third wife, had took me to court. And uh, over some bullshit, if you can, if I can be very, very honest, you know, we had a very heated discussion over the phone. Uh, through text messaging and um, I just voiced a lot of things that I didn't really appreciate over the years and um, she then took that to a sheriff and then added to it that I was calling her at all hours of the night which is not true um, to create this narrative that I was harassing her so they sent the sheriff to my job looking for me I had to go to court they were awarded a um, a stay of protection where I had to stay a distance from her for almost half the rest of the year through into the following year. And I wasn't so much, I was angry with her, don't get me wrong, but I was more so angry with my father that he sat there and allowed all that to happen and advocated for this to happen. And um, then again, it made me think, okay, because... I'm gay, you know, am I a throwaway? I still struggle with that. So, I mean, the family dynamics when you're gay, especially in the black experience, stereotypically has not gone well for me. (laughs) Stereotypically. Um, To my family's credit, I love them dearly. I think that they have been my lifeline in a lot of other ways. 
a lot of other aspects. If I ever needed something monetarily, financially, or um, just something in the physical sense, I know that, you know, a lot of people will come to my aid. But um, emotionally, I just find it so curious how, coming from a family that was so close-knit, how we don't know really how to talk to each other. We don't really know how to really communicate with each other. We don't know how to be emotionally honest and transparent with each other. I feel like we're still very guarded. And in those conflictive moments, we elicit this nice, nasty tactic that I blame directly on the church. Because church taught us how to fake it until we make it. Church has taught us how to smile in, in, in the midst of adversity and act like everything's okay. It teaches us pageantry in a lot of ways. And I feel like it doesn't really teach us how to have real deal conversations with each other. I feel like we're always placating each other. We're not really uh, being real and honest with each other we're not I love my family I really really do and I really hope that we could get to a better place but it is it what it is right now and I'm and I'm learning to accept you know where we are now because that's that's the best thing I know how to do just for my personal mental health you know I racked my brain about what I could do what I could say how to show up that would make things easier for everybody but at the same time what about me I have to show up for myself and what's peaceful and free for me and I hate that it ruffles feathers but it really is what it is at this point although I'm in conflict with a sister of mine I'm in conflict with extended family of mine right now I still love everybody but I can't help but wonder if that alienation if that conflict if that fight has been kept up and prolonged prolonged um, for such a time because I am game because I am disposable because I'm not someone that's really valued because, oh, I'm just a gay brother. Oh, I'm just a gay son. Oh, I'm just a gay cousin. You know, I always, I'm a Scorpio. I put my heart on the line. I, I'm i someone who was very clear and direct about, you know, my feelings and how, what my disposition is regarding certain subjects. And I feel like a lot of times it just gets dismissed. So for all the uh, my fellow gay butch queens out there what I would say to you is when it comes to your family love them but don't live for them love them but don't live for them live for yourself put your own happiness at the forefront this life is way too short to really be focusing on what anybody feels about you either somebody loves you or they don't I know as human beings, people say that, oh, it's more nuanced than that. Mm. Some of that I believe, some of it I don't. Either you love me or you don't. 
I'm black and white in that way, maybe to my detriment. <laughs> if you was as my boyfriend, I'm sure you you would agree. But we won't go there. <laughs> Love you, babe. But um, yeah. Either you love somebody or you don't. And in such a time as this, I'm choosing to love ferociously, compassionately. I choose to just love. And as a human being, as a very flawed human being, I think that's the best thing that we can do is just love each other. That's the legacy I want to leave is love. I thank you all so much for your time. I thank you so much for listening and coming to my space and really connecting with me. I do not take that for granted as I'm approaching this new journey of life of just really being just trying to connect. So that wraps up this episode of Off Key with Jay Red. Just to let you know, probably future episodes, I might be a little bit more jovial. It might be a little bit more funny, a little bit more relaxed. But this was an episode I knew that I need to be in my, the most right mind that I can be because it's very serious subject. But anyway, thank you so much. Until next time, get your kiki on. <laughs>